Good morning. Sweetwater, you rock, I tell you. Give yourselves a praise, amen. Give God some praise. We thank God for being here. Thank you for the band and for the music, and certainly to Pastor Zane for inviting me to come and share. So I promise you a couple of things. You will go to sleep while I'm preaching, okay? You absolutely will. Is that all right? So nudge your neighbor and say, get ready to sleep really good today. Listen, there's so many exciting things going on in the life of our church, and certainly this is Lent season. You have just come out of a series around coming out of the wilderness. I pray you've come out. Amen. I hope that you have done that journey and that work and have gone forth, but it's also Women's History Month. And so I've been led to go to a text that I believe is familiar, and I believe that it will help us and move us wherever we are. And don't worry, brothers of the house, it's going to help you out as well. Amen? Let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you today for the ways in which you care for us and share with us and walk with us. Even in this moment and this time, we pray, God, that you will be with us and bless us like never before. In Jesus' name, let everyone say amen. So turn to somebody and say, women rock, women rock, women rock. They do, they rock. That, that's the sermon title for today, no surprises. And like I said, don't worry, brothers, I'm, you're going to walk with me in this, okay? It's all right. But in the midst of everything in Lenten season, we also need to remember that this is March, the month of March. And there are some spiritual pieces that I'm aware of that when I look back in the foundations of my church and my growing up, my great-grandmother's name, and this is the truth, her name was Jackie Robinson. She was married to William McKinley Robinson. And back in the day, uh, women who preach had to have a doily on their head, and they were not allowed in the pulpit or at all. You all don't know anything about that. Look how far we've come, but how far we still need to go. This is all making sense. So my grandfather was considered progressive in New York City because he allowed my grandmother to preach from the floor without a doily. That was progressive at its time. But I learned something through my own journey that what would the church be like if there were no women? What would the church be like if every woman in every church, not only in our denomination, but in our heritage and who we were, walked out and got out? What do you think what would happen if we forgot about the critical role of women in the lives of our church? Well, I want to reintroduce you to at least one of the women in Scripture that I believe that there are some important lessons and nuggets in the midst of that. Go to Mark chapter 14. I know you have your apps so you can walk with me. If you're watching us online, go to Mark chapter 14. I'm going to read out of the New International Version, and I know that you have heard this verse many, many times, but just walk with me. I believe there's some newness in there, some life in here that will help us and bless us. Go down to, let's see, let's start at verse 3. We'll begin in Mark 14, and we will begin at verse 3. While he, this is talking about Jesus, was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster a jar of very expensive perfume made from pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. 
And look at verse four. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of this perfume? Verse five says, if it could have been sold for more than a year's wages, there you go, church people talk about money. That's another conversation. And the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Go down to verse six, which is my favorite part of this text. Leave her alone, Jesus says. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me, and we will stop right there. Shout back at me again, women rock, women rock, women rock. You know, I, I just have to just go ahead and get some things off my chest. Is that all right, Pastor Zane, that I just share some things? You won't talk about me. You won't call my children or my mother or anybody, will you? You promise? But, but, but I've learned that women rock. I have two adult daughters. They are spoiled. They are spoiled. They are spoiled. Amen. But they are also wonderful and strong and powerful women. But I wonder, there are people outside of these walls who are struggling with the place of women in the church. That's ironic for me, right? That, that there are people biblically will try to tell you that women should be silent. Oh, I know I'm going somewhere today. Amen, somebody. But what do you do with Deborah in the scripture? What do you do with Deborah who was called to lead an army? What do you do with Phoebe who even Paul talks about being the first called deacon in scripture? What do you do with Esther and her beautiful strength and the ways that God called her to do the work? What do you do with the women who found Jesus even though they were looking to anoint his body? Jesus told the women to go tell the men that he had resurrected Amen, somebody. What do you do in the midst of all of this? Why does this even matter? Because in the midst of the scripture, as we're reading this and understanding, they were preparing for the Passover celebration, the unleavened bread, the chief priests and the teachers, they were doing what they normally do, having all the schisms and arguments and debates around the law and how to interpret and who gets the right to it and all these kinds of things. And Jesus is chilling in Bethany. Anybody understand that? He is less concerned around people who are about the law without relationship. Let me say that again. <laughs> law without relationship is dead. That's a good sermon right through there. Amen, somebody. The text says he's at Aleppo's house. Are y'all still with me? He is just in a recliner according to text and just really his posture is like, I really don't care. And here comes not only he in a leper's house, but a woman came into the house. Now I'm going to look at your wife for a moment, but you know, back in scripture, women were considered property, right? They were not considered any value. How am I doing today? I'm glad we don't have those laws now. Amen, somebody. But, but, but the reality is that he's in a leper's house and a woman comes According to the law, this was all unlawful. Sometimes sweet water, sometimes it's holy to break the law. Sometimes in people's minds, they create laws that put us in bondage. And I'm talking about religious laws. I'm not talking about running the stoplight. Amen, somebody. That's not what I'm saying. But the reality is, is isn't that something that if you go to some churches, we would not be allowed here. How many women are wearing pants? How many of you got tattoos? How many of you got piercings in your ears? Oh, I'm getting ready to get in trouble. How many of you had a drink the other day? Oh, Lord. So many religious laws and problems, problem, problems and challenges, but Jesus is unbothered. 
Here's what I want to remind you, beloved. If you don't get anything else out of this text, why do we get bothered by when unfamiliar things and people come into our area? We should be expecting not just Easter to pack and fill the place out, but we should be expecting God to bring the unusual, the uncommon, the people who don't look like us and don't live in the mansions like you live in, you know, but people like me that are living in a small little shanty somewhere. Am I doing all right today? Women rock because the reality is, is that she was welcomed in a leper's house while Jesus was reclining. I hope you get that. Sometimes, beloved, we're fighting over who gets to write about things, who gets to do this, who gets control over things. And Jesus was just enjoying the moment and the time. So I have a few observations that I want to share with you, and then I'm going to go home. And if you're watching us online, God bless you. It's all real. I really am as crazy as it is. Amen. There's something, this is my first observation. I have a few that I want to share. So if you're a note taker, note take. Amen. There is something holy about ignoring religious people. Can I say that again? (laughs) There is something holy (laughs) about ignoring religious people. Did you notice in the text that the whole time they were arguing about what to do with the perfume, the woman never said a word. The woman with the alabaster knew her worth, knew what she has, and I wish you would just learn in your life that you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Sweetwater is powerful as you are. You can become more and stronger but you've got to believe you already have some value and some strength. Somebody should say amen in your spirit about that. One of the things I did when I taught kindergarten to third grade for many, many years is the one thing I did, yes, you got to get them to listen. Yes, you got to get them to stop picking their noses. Yes, you got to get them to do a lot of things. But you have to get them to understand my, their self-identity and self-esteem will take you further than anything else in the world. Sweet water. Sometimes it's holy, let me say that again, to ignore some of the religious people. Let me keep going because as they were complaining, all these things are going on, and they put in value over what people have versus what they're supposed to do. You know, something just jumped in my spirit, Pastor Zane, because you know why this was important to me? It just dawned on me. They were so busy arguing about the, the price or the value of that that they missed the opportunity to worship. They missed the opportunity to worship Christ because they were so busy arguing about the money. I know you don't have those problems here. You've got a flow of money, right? You just have an abundance, right? You get ready to give your pastor a million dollars, right? Amen. But all jokes aside, it's funny how in our lives we spend time focused on things that really don't matter, and they forgot to worship. The other thing, my other observation, I'm almost done. Don't worry. I'm not going to preach, but only an hour today, one hour today. The woman, in my view, had an unexpected strength. There was a strength about her. If you know anything about the old perfume jars and the way that they carried them, they were heavy. So the fact that in the midst of people talking about her, you want to find real strength? Be silent when people are talking bad about you. And then you had strength to break that jar in front of everyone. Didn't even need any help. See, sweet water, you forget how strong you are because you don't know how much strength you have until someone else says you can't do it. 
the moment somebody tells me I can't do it, I have a holy stubbornness about me that just rises up and says, the more you tell me I can't. My mother used to tell me that it didn't work well when I was younger, but I'm trying to adopt a holy perspective on stubbornness. Amen. A little sidebar conversation. I remember when I went to college, Pastor Zane, I'm talking to you. My mother gave me a couple of things. One, she says, I'm praying that your mouth don't get you in trouble. And then she gave me a book that had my, my report cards in it. Back then, the teachers would write in it. She says, oh, he's good. He did well, but he was feisty. They used the word stubborn is what they said. And some of you need to understand that there's strength that comes from, from knowing who you are, what you have, and who you belong to. Amen. So the other observation, and I'm almost ready to go. I promise you, I'm closing three times because it's just fun that way sometimes. Just <laughs> just fun. It's just fun sometimes. Always remember this, that Jesus will defend us. If you look through the text, I read it for you. Jesus got the other people together and told them to stop because there's value in all of us. No matter how you got here, there's value in you. No matter if you've been here since pastor so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so was here, (laughs) you have value the moment you say yes and you connect in covenant. The moment you're calling, whatever, because we all have callings, right? We all have ministry in us. Amen. We all have something to do. That moment, you've got to remember that someone else will try to defeat you with words and say things. We have enough to deal with outside of the church that when I come to church, I don't want to have to deal with the competition and the fighting, and I'm so glad this church doesn't do that. But some churches, Janine, Lord have mercy, they're not always the same. They forget that Jesus is supposed to defend the people who often do not have voice and can do things. So, brothers, I told you, we were all going to be in this together. Women rock, and so do men. This woman with this alabaster box, as I scroll through and I really, really take my clothes today, I'm giving you a hint over the technology world. <laughs> Verse 8, after he had already chastised them and told them to stop, look it up for yourself in Mark 14, uh, verse 8. He says this about her. He said, she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body before to prepare for my burial. A lot of times, beloved, you don't know what you're doing now is going to help for the future. You don't know the things and the seeds that you're doing now, your strength and the way that you remain faithful in your giving and your prayers and your participation and your evangelism. You have no idea how those seeds will bless other people. The normal thing that's going to happen, and let me just share with you, is that your churches will be full of people like you. Everybody who has a T-shirt, you rock. I'm going to be like you next time I come. I'm going to get a T-shirt, and I'm going to wear my T-shirt. Is that all right? But imagine a space where you don't even have to ask for people to come to church anymore. You don't have to ask people to pray, to give, and to do anymore. Imagine a space where you can actually pray when you eat your food and not worried about what people are going to say or what they're going to do. You know why this alabaster box experience is so important? Is because people focus on the wrong thing, but they forget that when you say yes to Christ, you never know how that path is going to end. Look at the text as we end. He said, she prepared for my burial. 
And those of us who are disciples and believers of Christ, we know death, burial, and resurrection. So we prepare our hearts and minds as we get ready to end this Lenten season and remember that we're preparing for a burial, but we're excited about resurrection. Can you say it back with me? Women rock.